from Hafiz, I heard God laughing. It reveals the excitement of the present and the beauty of the precision. It confers vitality and sublime clarity until finally all the heart can do its all, all the heart can do is burst with great love and laughter. O purity, O dear truth and friend within me, why didn't you tell me sooner you could do all this? Cut the reins of illusion so we can all just go wild, loving God and everyone and every day. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. I'm still kind of on the poem. <laughs> I like that. The love and laughter, and we've got that laugh acronym. Let's all go wild, loving God. Well, it's been an interesting journey over the years. And here we are, just continuing on. You know, have you found yet that all it boils down to is just keeping that door open to God? Just keeping that door open to God. That's all we're doing here. Every time it closes, we keep opening it up again. When we get it open, we do what we can to open it up again or keep it open and keep it opening. We move in and out of it. The loving comes into us. We go into the loving. All part of that movement, forwards, backwards, giving and receiving. And the more and more we live into that, the more we awaken to it. No matter how long it takes, no matter how subtle it is, no matter how intense it is, it's going to be all these different things. And the longer we do it, the more we're going to experience all that. But it's funny because sometimes if you've been doing this for a while, sometimes we may find ourselves just going through the motions without really the greater focus that maybe we started with. And so sometimes it seems like not much is going on or we don't seem to be getting much out of our meditations or whatever we want to say. And sometimes all it is is a matter of maybe recommitting or refocusing to give that greater depth or intention to really begin to become more aware once again. Because it can be easy to find ourselves wandering or getting distracted, even though we're meditating Every day, we've got a routine down now. We're going through the motions, taking the steps. But it just doesn't seem like things are happening maybe the way things used to. Well, maybe part of it is just really recommitting oneself, giving a new focus, finding a way to re-enthuse oneself, to participate in a greater way with greater depth once again. And maybe that's not it for you. But for some of us, it is that, you know, there's a thing we take things for granted after a while. A few weeks ago, I talked about, you know, sometimes when you've been doing this for a while, you're just so used to doing it, you don't think much anymore about it. But if you look back to the way things used to be years ago, or if you look outside your own little perimeter and out in the world, so to speak, the way a lot of things operate or go on in the world, that's where you might really become aware of the difference that has happened, or should we say transformed inside of you from the inside out over the years. 
is to take a look around and take note that things have changed, things have transformed. But we get used to it. It gets more subtle. We find ourselves getting more neutrality. We find that greater freedom or unconditional loving. And we live it. And then sometimes life seems to even get boring at times. Like not much seems to be going on. And then we begin to wonder or question, is anything going on anymore? What's happening? And that's a good thing because it gets us to pay attention and to begin to really look at things again, maybe in a greater depth. Or maybe it's time to move forward in a different way. Just to move forward in a different way. It's so easy that when things get boring or quiet and we're looking for something new, we're looking for something different, but we don't know what it is or what direction to move, that often we can go into the past or drag up something from the past or go backwards. And that's because it's familiar. It's something we know, something we've done. We go, what about that? Maybe I should do that again. Maybe I should dig up again those old connections or go try some of those old hobbies or whatever I used to do in the past. But I'd say, why not be patient? Why go backwards? Why go to the past? Why not just be patient and just keep going within? Just keep being in that place, if you call it boring, if you call it neutrality, if you just call it openness and peace and quiet. Try being in that for a while and see what unfolds and comes out of the loving. See what moves from that greater depth of peace rather than thinking you've got to do something or thinking you've got to create something. But allowing yourself that space to really let spirit move in you and through you. This journey takes years to unfold. I know we have, in a sense, a destination or a goal. And at the same time, it is the journey itself. It's kind of all of that. All those wonderful phrases we've heard over the years. And I don't just mean this lifetime. I mean many, many lifetimes. There's so many different things. So many things we can practice. But you know, the funny thing I've observed over the years is that most of the time I find people, including myself, taking the approach to spirit of trying to bring spirit into the world to transform the world. Isn't that interesting? We often were pursue spirit or look to God to give to us, to bring to us, to change, to transform something in our physical lives, to make our physical lives better, to make the world a better place. Look at even a lot of the religion nowadays. They're waiting for the great Messiah to return. Why do they want the Messiah to come back to the world? Why don't they want to go to where the Messiah is in spirit? Think about it. Didn't even Jesus say, I go to the Father to prepare a place? And not only that, but God's kingdom's not of this world? So why the hell do we want the Messiah to come back here? Wouldn't we want to go to where the Messiah is? And that's true, not only for Jesus, but the others as well. I just find that kind of fascinating. Why would we not want 
to really go to spirit, to go to God, to go to the kingdom of spirit, the kingdom of God, rather than having God come to us and to the world. It's kind of backwards. And that's important to pay attention to. How are you approaching this pathway? Are you looking to God to make your life better? Or are you looking to make your life more God? Are you trying to move towards God? Or are you trying to bring God to you? Are you trying to move from the physical into the spiritual? Or are you trying to bring the spiritual into the physical? It can make a difference in what we're doing. And I find it so interesting on this path of sun and light because this pathway is the journey of the soul's return to God. But yet so many look for the psychic or metaphysical to find the magic to bring God into this world. We're always looking for the magic to transform our lives here. I look at even like the story of Moses. It's like he brought God here, right? To set the people free of what? Physical slavery, entrapment over there? Was that what it was really about? But yet people always focus on the physical and all that took place physically. But was that what it was really about? Because what happens afterwards? Okay, so you get out of physical imprisonment and you, you go to your own promised land physically, and then what? Well, you don't know what to do, so you set up all the old patterns once again. Over and over throughout history, we just see it keep repeating itself because that's what the physical does. It's kind of crazy when you look about it throughout history. You think people would get it sooner or later, right? But don't worry about others. How are you approaching this action? What are you looking for? What are you doing? What is your goal? What is your intention? And to get the greater clarity and understanding. And that's what Jim and I try to do here is give that greater clarity and understanding of what this journey is, what this pathway is that we're teaching here, that we're presenting in ILM, what the action of initiation, the sacred name, really is about. It's about the soul's return home to God. And then guess what? You get what you focus on. And then you don't worry or concern yourself so much with the physical. And you know the funny thing is, when you don't have so much concern or focus on the physical, it gets easier because we're not so attached to the details or the outcome. That's greater freedom. Think about it. I know so many times here we can have a life-threatening disease, a cancer or some disease that we're going to die from. And then here we are asking God to save us. To save us? But yeah, don't we say to save us? Don't we usually have the condition to keep the body alive? Is that what we mean by God save me? Keep me alive? Don't let me die? So what is it we're really trying to save? Once again, are we trying to bring God into the physical? Because if we're really going to God, maybe we could see our disease as, yes, I'm getting free. It is my day of independence or liberation. And all we got to do is walk through the karma. Even if it's a little painful, even if it's a little dramatic or traumatic, 
It doesn't have to be. It's what we do with it that makes it dramatic or traumatic. Maybe the death sentence is the sentence of liberation. Now, I'm not saying go kill yourself, and I'm not saying if you get some disease that the outcome is usually death. I say usually because it's obviously not always the case. There's lessons in there because often we need to do what we can still to take responsibility to maintain or preserve the body. So I'm not saying give up and have no concern for the body. But what I am saying is take a look at the perspective of where we're coming from inside and what it is we're really after here. And then if you have that clear inside of you, then you can do all the things necessary to take care of this physical level. And as you do, no matter what the outcome, the body lives a little longer, the body dies a little sooner, won't matter. It has nothing to do with the outcome is what I'm saying here. This true pathway of spirit, of liberation, has nothing to do with physical outcomes. And I know some people will take this and still not get it. They'll think, oh my God, I died from the cancer, so I failed. Or I died from this, or something I was doing in business, or in my family life, or whatever it is, didn't turn out the way I had hoped or wanted it to, so I failed. You sure about that? Because maybe the thing we're calling a failure is really the karma being complete. If that's the case, we win. We get our freedom. We get completion. We get detached from the very thing that was keeping us in bondage, keeping us entrapped. But we won't know until that thing is done. That's the challenge we have the confusion we often breed within ourselves because we think there's a right or a wrong answer. Maybe the only answer is just to walk through it. Regardless of the outcome, this is the key here, regardless of the physical outcome or any outcome, is where is our focus? Your focus is really on liberation Freedom of the soul, awakening, the soul returning into its oneness with God. No matter what the outcome on these planes of existence, it's going to be good, the outcome spiritually. So don't look or prejudge, make up your mind, think it's supposed to be a certain way in order for your greater spirituality because your greater spirituality has nothing to do with all this realm of mind, emotion, and physicality. And that's the great trap. Even those of us on a spiritual journey home to God, there's all these belief systems that we have to move through, that we have to wake up beyond it said there's a lot of wonderful phrases out there we've been using throughout history. But a lot of them are always twisted towards the physical. So untwist it.
Turn it back around. Straighten things out to straighten the narrow. All it did was get crooked, twisted. That's what reflection does. We've often heard Jim say, reflection is nothing more than the time is like where it warps on itself. That's the ego nature. It just warps on itself. It's a perversion of the truth, if I can use that word. So a lot of things in this world are often backwards, and we are often living that, thinking or believing it's true, not even realizing that's what we're doing. But in order to awaken to the greater truth and the truth in the illusion, we've got to begin to take conscious choosing in how we focus ourselves. In other words, it's up to us. We always talk about awareness, knowing, awakening, understanding in here, wisdom, truth. The truth shall set you free. So we've got to consciously begin to direct ourselves in a way to see beyond the illusion. And that's important on this journey because if we're walking around unconsciously, just taking everything at face value as the truth, well, the truth is we'll be living the illusion then. That's why this journey takes years and lifetimes of waking up because there is so much illusion to wake up beyond and through. Karmas are unconscious. It takes time to become conscious and wake up to them. There's no hurry here. We're all going to do it. But this is the way we're doing it here, through meditation, self-study, and service. Meditation is the first key. But also in a state of observation and consciously directing our focus through paying attention to that, the self-study part, we begin to wake up and see how to do this or how to live spirit rather than our beliefs about spirit. Got that? To live spirit rather than the belief about spirit. Because that's what we'll do. We'll take the information that's presented about spirit and then make a belief system about it. And we'll begin living a belief system thinking that spirit... And all we're doing is trading one belief system for another. So we've got to be ever watchful to see what we're doing. Because, yeah, we go, yeah, that belief system sounds better, so I'm going to start living that one. Out with the old, in with the new. Maybe that belief system serves you better for where you're at, but it's still a belief system. In other words, it's still out of the mind. In other words, it's still rules and regulations. In other words, it's still right and wrong. even if it sounds good. That's why in here you hear us say over and over, don't believe anything we're saying because we don't want people to believe it because then it's a belief and there's no truth in any belief even if all the words are right. This is simply information to help us to begin to focus our awareness, our consciousness in the direction of spirit to open that door to where I began, that all we need to do is open the door to God and do what we can to keep the door open and then live that loving. It's the only way to truly awaken to the divine. So we can use the belief systems of the mind 
to support the spiritual journey by giving it a focus. But that's all it does. So remember that. I say that because here's some easy ways to catch yourself. Pay attention when you go into reaction. If you were living something you thought was spiritual and then all of a sudden it doesn't turn out the way you thought it was supposed to be because it's spiritual and you go into reaction, is often an indicator that you're coming out of the belief system or the mind. And also the words you share. If you find yourself spouting off words like, well, Jim or Brian said. In other words, you're using those words, what? To make a right or a wrong. Well, you're doing it wrong, or I'm doing it wrong, or you're doing it right, or I'm doing it right. Even if you use the words as a right or wrong, it's still coming out of a belief system. It's just words. So pay attention to that. It goes on. It's part of the human nature. It's just part of human nature. These. This is why I'm saying make it a study, a self-study. Observe what you do. Observe what you do. Because in that observation, you'll begin to see more clearly and awaken to the divine. Because part of all that awakening to the divine is also waking up to where you're living the illusion, where you're living out of the mind, where you're living out of the emotions, where you're living in the imagination or the body. So when I say be ever watchful, it's called be aware, pay attention. That's the self-study. That's the observation. That's the way we begin to discern the truth from the illusion. But ultimately, that greater discernment is only going to come forward as we learn to open the door to spirit and to walk through that door. And that's why it always comes back to meditation on the sacred name of God. Because in that sacred name is the truth, the power, and the loving that awakens the soul and brings it into the unity with God once again. That's it. That's it. So no matter how much self-study we do or paying attention or observing, this that alone is not going to bring us into the awakening. It'll bring us understanding, but not to the full experience of spirit. It is only the meditation upon the name that awakens the soul and brings the soul into the actual experience, because in that name given an initiation is a living, loving essence, that action of God's loving, we call the Holy Spirit, the sound current, the light in the sound. It's that that we want to live into. So keep opening the door. Keep paying attention and meditation, recommitting yourself. You know when you get lazy. You know when you allow yourself just to wander or get distracted. And that's okay. But find that way to get reconnected, to find that greater depth of spirit. And often it can be by that approach we take towards spirit 
that can make all the difference with their experience. And I'll even say now with the results. But now the results I'm talking about are the spiritual results of waking up and knowing that greater truth the spirit rather than looking for the physical results of how spirit can change your life. It's how can you change your life to wake up the spirit. Try that approach. That's the way that I've come to find how it really works. It's by us changing our lives that we come to spirit. In other words, it's taking responsibility for our thoughts, our feelings, our actions, and reactions. It's up to us to take the responsibility to open the door to God's loving. So start taking that greater responsibility. Instead of being the victim or complaining or always wondering and questioning, Start taking the responsibility because that's how it takes place. It's by you taking responsibility, by you creating the space, by you making the choices, by you changing your life to open that door to God. And that's the funny thing. Because then we'll go, God transformed my life. Well, God did, but you transform your life to come to God. And that's what's really going on here. You, by taking responsibility, are the one transforming your life to wake up to God. And that's this journey of walking through the karmas. You've heard Jim say, each of us are our own saviors. We're our own savior. So this is how we save ourselves, by changing our lives to wake up to God. It's kind of interesting. And the wonderful thing is, as you do that, you'll start having inner experience. You'll start waking up. You'll start seeing the greater truth. But it's because of you doing it. Not you at the effect, so to speak, of even God doing it to you. It's kind of interesting, right? Is, is life destined or is it really freedom of choice? Did God set it all up and God's doing it to us? Or do we have freedom of choice? Or are we doing it to God? There's a two-way relationship. It goes both ways. We've often heard God's doing God's part. But are we doing our part? So we've got to begin to look at what our part is and how we can do that to really create the transformation we want, but to really get what we want. And that's up to each of us to really look inside and see what it is we really want. Do we really want to go home to God or are we really just walking this journey trying to bring God to us to change our lives? Because if you're walking that journey, it's going to be a long journey because that's what most the world is doing. But if you're looking to go to God, it's going to be a quick journey and you'll see your life change much more quickly in much nicer ways. 
Because you are now taking responsibility. You are taking the power. You are empowering yourself by your choices, by your actions. And that's how you fulfill the karma. By you taking responsibility is how you learn the lessons, how you fulfill them. That's the wonderful part in all of that. That way you're no longer the victim to your karmas. Oh my God, that's my karma. It's being done to me that I have no power. You do. You do. So freedom of choice gives the freedom to the soul. So we do have freedom of choice and we all have a destiny. But you see, God's the destiny. It's not the destiny of what's going to be outcome of the physical life or lifetimes. We're going to have all kinds of different outcomes. We'll do them over and over. The physical destiny for every soul here, death of the body. And in that is a greater freedom. It's short-term, it's short-lived. All we've got to do, though, is begin to lift our eyes, to lift our focus and view the greater picture, the greater destiny, the greater journey. That's what we need to really begin to look at. And the funny thing is, when you really make that choice to go back to God, that's when you're going to actually see all the physical transformation that you've been trying to pray to God to change in your life. In other words, everything you really ever wanted and prayed for gets answered and fulfilled simply because you have turned around and began focusing in the correct direction, which is you back towards God rather than trying to bring God to the world. 